Hello, lovely humans, and welcome to In Alignment, where we talk about being human, the human condition, uh, what it means to be best aligned with who we are uh, and our human purpose, and anything else in between that. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first episode, generally, In Alignment is Canny and Aggie, myself being Aggie. But this was all started in Canada and Vancouver when I was visiting, and I have now moved back to Australia. So today you just get me uh, as Kenny and I try to figure out time zones and how we're going to keep this working together. So there will be some variety. So bear with us in this transition period, but we'll be we'll be back to recording together soon, hopefully. Um, so today... I felt inclined to talk about finding purpose in chaos um, and peace in chaos as well. So I have been a bit of a nomad for the last mm, just over two years. And something that I struggle with is really being balanced in who I am and balanced in in allowing myself to embrace anything that's going on around me and to maintain a sense of calm. I take on other people's energies really easily and it completely throws me off. So I've just come back from the airport today. I was dropping my family off and I was traveling with them for the last three weeks and it's been hectic. And so that's kind of what triggered this, this thought to record this today, because I am constantly in movement and in noise and busy situations. So for those who don't know, uh, I'm Polish, but I grew up in Canada. And the last few years of my life have really entailed a lot of travel. So I moved to Australia to do my master's back in 2018. Uh, at the beginning of the year. And so when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. I moved to Melbourne and I didn't know anything about the city <laughs> because I don't plan anything. I just show up to places and hope it works out. So I showed up here not knowing anyone, found a place to live, which ended up being chaos. Um, and really went through a hard few, first few weeks just kind of trying to settle in. And throughout the year, I was studying full-time, working a lot, and volunteering. And so I was constantly surrounded by situations where I was uncertain. I didn't always have a support system. And I worked in retail at the time as well, of all things. And working at that level during the holidays, it was just... You know, <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine of what that looked like. And I was frustrated and sad, and it was like an emotional roller coaster all the time. And in that year, I feel like I may have started getting a glimpse into what it is to find calm, uh, but it's so much focused on finding time to do things that feed your soul. Like just 
bringing yourself back into those moments that bring you pure joy. And this is something that Kani is really good at. And she does really beautiful hypnotherapies and uh, guided meditations on, on finding those moments. Because with how much I was overworking myself and the, the pressure that I was putting on myself of what was going on around me, I, one, had a bike accident halfway through the year, which made it really difficult to walk for about two weeks. I I don't really remember what happened. I was going down a hill and there was this like manhole sticking up. I can't remember if I pressed the brakes or if I just like like caught my tire because I was on a road bike or this manhole went flying down the hill. Um, I'm okay. (laughs) That was like a year and a half ago at this point. But uh, yeah, and so it was... I took it as a sign to slow down, and so I did, although it was really difficult. I did slow down for a whopping, I don't know, month, maybe, barely, two weeks, and then I tried to stay slow, but, you know, when you're in the middle of a degree and, and trying to sustain yourself in a city alone, it's not the easiest thing. So I went back to my regular life, and a few months later, in November... I, it was the end of the semester of semester two, which was basically the end of my degree. And we, oh, we were arranging all these parties. We were so excited and I was working like crazy because there's all these stout holidays and I had so many bills to pay. And one day I just woke up with Bell's palsy, uh, which Bell's palsy is half when, uh, half your face is paralyzed. So they, they say it's, it's something to do with the nerves, but uh, I don't think it was an inflamed nerve. I worked with a really, really incredible healer and it was really what I was told was it was an energy block because I wasn't feeding my soul. So as much as I loved what I was studying, it it didn't really resonate in the way that I thought it would. Uh, and yeah, just overworking myself, putting too many expectations of myself of things that I didn't so much want to be doing. It was things that I felt pressured to do. And for that, I was out for about a month. I had to, I couldn't go to work. My work was uh, directly working with people. I was in pain. Uh, Luckily, I only had one assignment left to do at that time. So I managed to finish that. But it was just, it was a really full on month. And that kind of changed my perspective of how I should approach the way I live my life and, and the way that I interact with what's going on around me. And so finished my degree a few months later, did a really amazing internship, went back to Vancouver for a month, thinking I was coming back to Australia before ending up in Israel for three months, which was actually only supposed to be a month. (laughs) And there I was in a really beautiful little village, uh, staying with my friend's family. And it was a time to meet with deeply spiritual people and meet people who I felt really connected to. So in those times, I just, I was exposed to a different lifestyle, a different way of of holding space for myself. And I think that it healed a lot of my past perceptions of who I am and where I'm going. And so that wasn't particularly chaotic, but then I ended up in Greece for nine weeks working with asylum seekers there. We were running a youth center with one of the organizations, and I was also teaching English at the women's center. 
And there I was living in a house uh, with, oh my gosh. When I got there, I think there was 10 of us. And when I left, I think there was almost 14. So it was a yeah small house, a lot of people. And I did meet some really, really incredible people. We're going to interview, or I will interview one of them, Honor, who's a potter. But that's a whole different tangent. And in that time, I was working six days a week. And my days ranged from 10 to 14 hour days. Just depending on how many youth groups we had that day and what was going on and lesson planning and things like that. But I realized while I was being there that amongst it all, it's so important to take space for yourself because the days that I didn't get to go swimming, we were on, on Hios, a little island, the days that I didn't make time to swim were the days that I was the most stressed out. So that's something that I really came to terms with and I made sure that every single day I was fitting in a swim. So generally that meant the evenings and it would just be going out straight from the youth center or straight from home after dinner and going for a swim because that was something that I felt was cleansing for me and had I not done that I know that the days that I didn't that I didn't manage to fit in a swim I felt so unbearably overwhelmed with all of the information that I was receiving in the day and all of the work that I was having to do you know there was it wasn't like oh you know you work you, you take some notes here you do something there and then you go to the youth center and then you go home for a bit. It was like you're out of the house from 9 a.m. until 10 p.m. sometimes. So we're sooner 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So those days were really full on. And I don't regret the work that I did or the people that I met or, or the experience overall. But it wasn't easy. And I would find myself getting frustrated with, you know, other people who maybe weren't as dedicated to the work or people who weren't as punctual or not that I'm a punctual person god forbid I say that and compare myself to others when it comes to punctuality but there were people that were far later than me or you know people that didn't quite understand the system or weren't quite as intuitive and generally I can be relatively forgiving but in these situations I was getting extremely frustrated which I don't like to be that person. I don't like that that version of me. And it made me just, I guess, in the moment, I wasn't really in tune with it. But reflecting back on it, it's made me realize just how valuable taking five seconds to yourself is. Or five, let's say five minutes, because five seconds definitely isn't enough. But just to step away from a situation and allow yourself to really return to yourself and return to your purpose in that in that situation what has brought you to be there and also to be sympathetic or empathetic to the people that are around you you don't know how people's brains operate you don't know what their past is like um, and when I'm referring to people I'm, I'm referring to the volunteers that I was also working with uh, and it's just so much of it is patience because if we don't have that, then, you know, frustration and resentment and anger, it doesn't bring us anywhere closer to where we're supposed to be. It just uses up our energy. Have you ever had a moment where you're interacting with someone and they just fuel this fire of like angst? 
maybe you're having a conversation and you deeply disagree with something that person is saying. It is so draining to approach that from a really hot and low energy space because it turns into an argument or if even if you don't argue if you're holding on to that you're holding on to all this tension that is just bringing you lower and generally once that once that passes I don't know about you but I am wiped like I'm absolutely exhausted exhausted excuse me and this is it's funny because I've had a few of these situations um so I went back to Vancouver, met Kenny when we started this whole thing. And since that, I've been back in Australia, but my family has been visiting and we've been traveling for three weeks. And my God, (laughs) I love these people so much. They're so kind, but it's family, right? We're Eastern European. Uh, We talk a lot. We yell a lot. And we would do seven hour drives because we were driving from from the it was in the northern territory but the, the north of queensland down to melbourne and we would spend seven hours in a car and there were there were days when there was just absolute nonsense or you know somebody has to get want, somebody's hungry and we don't stop and all hell breaks loose i mean if you don't feed me it's the end of the world <laughs> but it's i know that Growing up, I was a very outspoken and reactive person. And so in those moments when I disagreed with my family or things weren't going my way, I would explode. I would yell. I would become aggressive. And it's been a practice during this trip to just bring myself back into where we are and realize that, well, one part of it isn't even mine to hold on to. Uh, you know, somebody else might be might be fueling an argument and they could be doing it intentionally. But if you maintain a level of calm, then it's more likely to turn into a conversation or it's more likely for that person to just walk away. And of course, sitting in a car with my family, it is there is no chance of anyone walking away. But a lot of it was, I think a lot of uh, severe arguments were avoided simply because I wasn't adding fuel to a fire. Yes, I got frustrated at times and, you know, we would we would argue, but it was never to the extent that it used to be. Um, even my brother and I were very, very different humans. We are absolute polar opposites. And I feel like although we don't necessarily see eye to eye with a lot of things. I think that our relationship has started improving just from me being able to maintain a level head. And although though there were days when, you know, I'm rolling my eyes or I'm sighing, but it's just, but there was no yelling, uh, which is the first probably in my life that I remember that my family and I were able to, to communicate in ways that didn't involve anger. Um, not to say I grew up with anger, my family is very loving and kind and they're very well-intentioned. But again, you know, it's family. And when you disagree with things, you don't worry about pleasantries or um, being polite. You just let it all out. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting process for me because I know that 
I don't want to be the type of person that's reactive, especially in the work that I want to be doing. I really want to be working with with people from different walks of life and in different situations. And in this world, you're going to meet people that you don't necessarily agree with. And you're going to embrace be hmm, you're going to be placed into situations that may not be the most comfortable, but it's it's remaining with yourself because we should be able to oh I don't like the word should ooh I don't have another word for it though oh there is a benefit to being able to go out into any situation and maintain a level head and this is <laughs> Kenny said I was being tested so when I was back home the uh, transit workers are on strike and it took us bloody hell four hours to get to North Vancouver from Vancouver which is maximum an hour in transit maybe like a 20 minute drive so it took us four times longer than it usually does and it was just in my head was like this is absolute bullshit like let's call a cab I'm miserable I'm hungry and then there was this little voice that was like, you're fine. Like, this is, what's the problem? It's not great, but it's fine. And it's funny because when I travel, I'm totally fine. When I was in India three years ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I don't remember when it was, uh, trains are never on time there. My girlfriend and I, we were traveling around for a month and... I think there was one day when a train was like two or three hours late and you don't really know when it's coming. And had that been at home in my own comfort, I would have been absolutely livid, but it was okay in India. So why can't it be okay in other contexts? Why can't it be okay in familiar situations? Why can't it be okay with other people? And that's something that's been on my mind that frustrations and anger only lead to reactive decisions which a lot of the time we regret and they might lead to embarrassment because we might say or do or respond in a way that didn't come from who we are it came from something that triggered us and so this goes into understanding our triggers and understanding where they come from and this is I mean it's deep-rooted work I've been doing this for uh, three years which is just like the infant stages of this kind of work but that's the thing with with human purpose and wanting to be an aligned human and really reaching a, a higher level of love and consciousness and care is working towards it and understanding our habits and our patterns and where they've come from so that when we are put in difficult situations we're able to stay level-headed and give the kind of care and support that is needed to ourselves and to those around us which then will fuel into a domino effect and that's something that I really have seen you know when situations before uh 
if I ever got triggered by something and I got frustrated and I let out that anger, then I would see people around me being influenced by that. And it does change the entire vibe. Well, taking a moment, and even if there is someone around you that is angry or frustrated or, or showing any sort of levels of aggression to be able to really reach within yourself and take a deep breath and you know it's not a responsibility by any means to parent other people but it is our responsibility to be with ourselves and to radiate what it is that we want the world to look like because the best way to support others growth Uh, and to continue learning on our own is really to lead by example I find and if we don't do that then we can talk people's ears off (laughs) you can listen to this podcast as many times as you like but if I if I don't practice what I'm preaching then it has no weight It, it there is no value to it there's a story that one of my teachers loved telling, and it was this mother went with her son because Gandhi was in her village, and they waited for days in this line to talk to with Gandhi, to talk with Gandhi, and they finally make it up to him, and she goes and she says, Gandhi, I want you to tell my son to stop eating chocolate, and he sits there for a moment, and he says, okay come back in five days. And she's like, what? I've waited all this time. Why can't you just tell him to do it? And he's like, come back here in five days. And so frustrated, they leave. And, you know, they, she waits, she waits, she comes back five days later, waits hours in this line, gets up to him and says again, Gandhi, I want you to tell my son to stop eating chocolate. And Gandhi looks at him and he says, son, you need to stop eating chocolate. And the mother goes, why couldn't you have just done this five days ago? And he says, because five days ago I was eating chocolate. So it was just, it's a story around our words and the weight that they have. But the the force behind it comes from, maybe force isn't the right word because it's not a forceful, but the meaning perhaps behind it is is only as good as our own practices. So there's no influence or uh, value behind me telling you to ride your bike every day because I don't ride my bike every day, so I don't know what the impacts of it are. I can't, you know, I can't demonstrate what that looks like. I could have (laughs) a year ago when I was riding my bike every day, but without that personal experience you know there's there's nothing that we can share to a specific story with other people if we're not practicing it ourselves and that's where that's where I'm coming from that I'm just sharing my own journey in this it hasn't been an easy one (laughs) I know that it sounds exciting being abroad all the time but for me, I guess it it forces me into these situations that perhaps I might not otherwise be in. 
And it forces me into these situations out of a context that I'm comfortable with. And I find that when I'm uncomfortable, I respond to things differently because the environment's not familiar and I don't know what the response towards me will be. And so the way that I respond to situations in environments where I'm uncomfortable is in the way that I would like to be responded to. And that has made all the difference so far because I learned that lesson and I carry it on with me to the next place. And in this sense, I've been able to carry it on with me back to Canada when I was with my family and back to Australia. And that's perhaps I wouldn't have learned these lessons if, you know, if if I stayed in one place, I don't see how those opportunities would have come up. And that's not to say that they don't come up for other people because they can come up in reading a book. They can come up in taking a hike and meeting some a stranger on there and, you know, something happens and you have to face that situation or trying a new sport or trying a new instrument or switching jobs or cooking a new meal, right? So allow yourself to really step out of your comfort in your day-to-day life if you can. And if not, then maybe once a month. But being very aware of how those situations impact your your thought processes. And then when it comes to embracing chaos and finding peace, it's really so much of it is just stopping because with reactions we it's like we feel the need to respond right away so catching yourself in those moments and stepping away if you can but if you can't then just closing your eyes if you don't feel comfortable doing that then just take a deep breath and in do a mental and physical check so internally just become in tune with your body and see how your body's reacting to the situation Is there tension somewhere? Uh, How are you feeling in that moment? Is there anything that's holding you back? Uh, Or are you feeling, is your body feeling calm? Maybe your body's fine and it's, you know, you've mentally absorbed all this. Or maybe your body's really tense, but your mind is fine. So checking in, tuning in with that, taking a deep breath and sighing it out if you can. Uh, If you feel like that might trigger someone, then just taking a nice deep breath and checking in with what your trigger is in that situation. And if it's a specific person, if it's something that the specific person said, again, tracing that back. So for me, one of my triggers is, um, this is so silly, but my dad is an absolute carnivore and I went vegetarian when I was like 11 years old and have gone vegan since I moved to Australia. So this isn't, I'm not trying to convert anyone here, but he will intentionally like try to convince me to eat meat uh, or we'll go to like steakhouses or something. And he's like, he just likes getting a rise out of me. He knows that I'm very responsive when he's like, oh, we're having emu today or something ridiculous. And I mean, I, I love cooking. I don't mind cooking for myself, but it's just you know, this, well, animals are delicious. And so I'm going to eat them and it's not that bad. And da, 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 And it's just, ugh. I haven't quite figured out what the trigger is. I think it's just my father <laughs> because other people like it ignore, but I guess part of it is, is that there, there, 
it's an intentional frustration. Like he's looking to get a rise out of me. And it, it's not really coming from a place com- of compassion, which not everybody's conversations do. But I think that as soon as I stop responding to it, he'll stop being a pain in my side. <laughs> but that's my own, like, that's my problem. That's not a reflection on him. That's a reflection on me. That's a reflection on what's bothering me and how I respond to these things. So, and I'm very, very aware of that. And it's been similar in uh, like context at work where somebody, uh, I have issues with authority. I think it's a Sagittarius thing, (laughs) but I hate being told what to do. And I know that, that it doesn't necessarily serve me. Um, and I work within it. So I, I've now avoid jobs where I get told too much what to do, (laughs) but that's, you know, I realized that I was triggered by it and I was triggered by it because I am an independent seeking person and I find that generally in contexts where I'm being managed rather than led, that it's very much like a hierarchy and I believe that people are all on the same plane. And so I've, I mean, I've worked in, in places where I was being managed rather than led and I hated it, but I learned how to work within those structures and how to, how to communicate with people on that level. Because it's a whole different ball game, you know, when you're not treated as equals, when there's a superior. And it's just navigating those conversations where you maintaining calm and being firm with what you want, uh, but in a in like a polite way can really change the outcome of a situation. And so, yeah, just being really aware and and setting those intentions. How do you want your data to look like? How do you want to respond to certain situations? So maybe a little bit of homework uh, on the spot. Think of maybe sit down and think of a moment or two where you were triggered and how you reacted and and really reflect on how you felt or how you feel thinking about that, uh, reflecting on that. And then when you spent a little bit of time on that, whatever, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, maybe you want to spend an hour on it. Maybe you want to write down more examples and then think of how you would like to react, how you wish you had reacted and set intentions for your response next time uh, just so that you can start putting that out there and generally when we write things down it it processes a little bit nicer with us and if you if you can't write type it out or send you know record a voice note or something whatever whatever works best for you draw something uh, get someone else to write it down for you but yeah and that way it's it's already put out there and it's it's something you've become conscious of all of a sudden. Something that I was doing for a while, which I actually forgot about, but I think I might return to, is at the end of the day, uh, writing down the events of the day, like what happened in that day. And in, I guess it's a, in a sense a journal. But yeah, writing down what it was that went on in that day. And if you had difficult situations, how did you respond to them? And how you you would respond next time, uh, just to kind of 
be able because you can track your growth then and I mean I literally never look back at my journals I think I will one day I hope it I hope it will but in that moment it really allows you to express your your thoughts and your processes and reflect back in a way that just sitting there doesn't really allow us to do and perhaps maybe you're the type of person that that mentally takes notes and you're really good at remembering things but I'm not and writing things down using colors too if you can like highlight or not highlight but like use a crayon to color in specific words of things that maybe triggered you or things that you know maybe you'd use a specific color for something to be like oh this made me angry or when you're writing down your how you'd respond next time to use like blues and purples uh, and more calming colors but yeah there's a little homework for you get creative and if you feel inclined if you've drawn something send it over to us we'd love to hear from you And hopefully next week we'll have either a solo by Kenny or maybe we'll figure out this Skype recording thing. But until next time.